Good morning, Valley Community Church and all our guests. It is good to be back home. Terry and I uh, had a couple of weeks where we spent time together with some of our family and ourselves. Praise the Lord. I want to thank Pastor Dan and everybody for all they did while we were away. And I know the word was given because I watched it. What a joy it is to see the church manifest the way uh, it is manifesting. I miss you. I'm looking forward to the time where we will be able to get back together and worship together and hug and hold hands and worship God uh, in a mighty way as we always do. I want to express to you this new series that we begin today. While I was speaking on the secret place, I was in that secret place and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and began to describe to me some understanding in the spirit realm. And he took me to a familiar scripture. It's not in your notes, but he took me to a familiar scripture, Mark chapter 6. And in this familiar story, it is a story of Jesus going home and those family and close friends became offended with him. The famous scripture is used here, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and his own house. So the conclusion, what we found, what was taking place, was they began to see things through the eyes of the flesh and not allowing the kingdom of God to rule their thoughts and their decisions. The tragedy of that scripture is found in verses 5 and 6, where it says that they could do no more mighty work. Jesus could not do a mighty work there. Only a few were healed. And then he says that he really marveled at their unbelief because Jesus had been going around teaching the word of God. And Jesus know if you teach the word of God, then faith arises. But it didn't manifest in there. And it is because of offense. Now, in this discussion with the Lord, is he asked me, he says, you know how to break this? And I said, well, I, as a pastor and what you've shown me through the years, um, maybe, but I'm listening. <laughs> so, so as I was listening... He began to uh, roll out an understanding. And then he said, now I want you to understand that they were offended with Jesus because they saw things through the, the eyes of the flesh. People are doing that today. They're seeing the, what is happening spiritual with this pandemic, with this virus, with a political realm that is going on right now. And as they look at it, they're seeing it with the flesh instead of sitting back, hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, and seeing things with their spiritual eyes. And so, in turn, what he showed me 
how they could break the spirit of offense, he told me, he said, what the church needs to begin to do is to rise up and do the very same things I'm showing you. And by doing the very same things I'm showing you, you will be able to break this virus. You'll be able to break political warfare that is not godly. And you'll be able to do great things. But it happens with seeing things spiritually, living things out spiritually, but believing God's word is true. And standing in the gap in the midst of all the chaos of this world and living out this life, that's not like, you know, someone goes to Bible college and seminary and gets a master's and a doctorate in in religion or, or doctrine, whatever. The reality is, is in your life today, where you're at today, what God unfurled to me you can do now. So let's begin our journey now in the next few weeks. And I'm going to take you from subject to subject. And I'm going to show you what the Holy Spirit shared with me. You're going to hear things that we've taught before. You're going to hear things and and see things that the Lord, the Holy Spirit has shown you. But I want to not only teach you, but I want to remind you what you already know. Because God is doing something very unique at Valley Community Church and very unique through you. So let's begin this journey and let's begin talking about keys or two keys of becoming a giver. In the reality of what is happening in our world today, Giving is one of the most important things we need to realize and understand the type of giving that must be done for you to break spirit of offense in your life or break this spiritual attack that is ripping you off and trying to steal you away from what God has already planned. This is a year of harvest. I am seeing God's blessing in such a unique way in so many people's lives because they have stayed the course. Having done all, stand therefore, as Scripture says. They've stayed the course, and God is blessing them with such abundance. And that can be you too. So turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to talk about giving into the kingdom is the most tormenting and difficult issue for many believers to live in. Some have a horrible attitude towards giving. And we have to um, understand that what's happening in our world from furloughs and layoffs and closures and, and sickness and disease and death and, and all this that's going on, you look at it with your eyes and you're, you're wondering, God, where are you? What is going on? And God is saying, I'm right here. I've never left you. But I want you to live your life exactly the way that I have shown you in the past. So God is reminding us, stay the course. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul is receiving an offering for the church of Jerusalem. In Jerusalem is where the church began. And the church began, and there is a lot of affection for the apostles and the saints. At this moment through the church, was, the church was going through a tremendous difficult time. If you study in Josephus and, and, and you, you study the historians, uh, there was sickness, there was disease, there was stuff going on, there was political chaos with the Romans, all the different things that were happening. Politically, the government was against them. I won't make any statements, but church closures... Economically, much of Jerusalem was prospering, but it was due to the church blessing the people. It was because God used the church to bring out the prosperity in the areas of Jerusalem. Now, there was happening a culture shift taking place toward the kingdom of God and the government didn't like it. So there's something happened, began to rise up. Everything began to be different. No one trusted anything. And what Paul did is said, we need to take a collection for the church. <laughs> well, that's what churches always do. No, you got to understand, this is spiritual. This is something bigger than just receiving an offering and writing a check to a church or writing a check to a ministry. Paul was hearing the voice of God, and Paul was literally writing out Scripture that you and I read today, letter of the Holy Spirit, and he was doing something very unique, and it was to break the attack of the enemy and to loose the things that God had promised. Notice, though, in the midst of the offering, the Holy Spirit is giving Paul specific words to write. So what Paul says in 2 Corinthians becomes doctrine and becomes a revelation regarding giving, not just receiving an offering. See, you also will notice giving in the Spirit changes the culture of the season. I'm going to say that again. We are in a season, and some might say it's a season attack. Some people might say, well, it's a season of harvest for me because I'm, I'm seeing God bless. And some, there's pain, there's loss. I've lost my job, I've lost my home. People are suffering today. Some, many people are rejoicing because they're being blessed today. All different things in life is happening. And what God is showing Paul is these are the lifestyle shift changes that you need to make in your life each week as we teach so that you can bring things all under the auspices of the kingdom of God. That the kingdom of God is what rules your life, not, not political, not economic, not physical, but the kingdom of God rules you in your physical life, in your spiritual life in the political avenue. God will show you things that you don't know. Because why? Because we have learned what it means to be 
a giver first. Next week, we'll be talking about marriage. We'll be talking about relationships. The following week, we'll be talking about health. We'll be talking about many different aspects of doctrinal views that, that just cry out to us from the Bible, or let me say it this way, from the heart of God. So there's a culture shift taking place. You watch TV, you think it's all going downhill and it's all evil. I'm telling you, you begin to see God's word, what he says, and there's a great thing manifesting. So in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. See, Paul is trying to help them get over their, their objection to giving. And so Paul gives them two keys in Scripture that he writes down. But before I give you the two keys, let me give you two realities from what Paul said. You and I are the only people on earth that can fund God's work. But, but pastor, doesn't the scripture say, you know, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just? I'm talking about you and I are the only ones that can hear the purposes of God because of relationship with God and be able to walk in that reality and pierce darkness in our giving and begin to see the abundance of God manifest because we give purposely. See, no other group of people on earth will give with that type of purpose in Christianity. So let's get specific. No church can reach its potential unless every person in the church reach their potential in giving. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about everybody in the church. I love it. My grandkids will, will bring a quarter to church and, and give it in the offering because they're learning the principle of giving and what we're about to say here. Valley Community Church has tremendous vision, but it all is dependent on you. If you don't reach your potential in giving, this church can't reach its potential and no one can take its place. It is my responsibility, your responsibility, to make sure the potential of Valley Community Church in the giving area is full. See, the devil deals with us trying to get us to be non-givers. Having an attitude well, I've come to church to get blessed, and they're trying to get my money. Well, if you think that way, then you're not really hearing. You're seeing with your eyes of the flesh and not really hearing the voice of, of God's heart. 
Here's the second reality. This church cannot reach its potential till you reach yours in giving. This is the very reason I challenge you at Valley Community to give. And and let me just say this, because I, I hear the Holy Spirit crying out to me to say this, is some of you are sitting there in front of your screen, your computer, your phone, iPad, whatever you're using, and you're thinking, oh, giving must be down at Valley. That's not what this is about. I am challenging you to allow the kingdom of God explode in your home, in your business, and in your job. Most Christians never tithe, which is sad. 80% or more do not tithe. Now, I made a statement at the beginning that giving is tormenting, so let me show you why. In, in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says, Look, let each one give as he purposes in his heart. I know you love the Lord. See, giving doesn't prove you love the Lord. I know you love the Lord. I also believe you desire to give. But our greatest difficulty is we just cannot figure out in our head what our heart wants to do. See, it's, it's giving purposeful. It is you return your tithe, 10%, but then you give above and beyond in that area and you give with purpose. There's a reason why you do what you do. There's a reason why you get in your car, you drive down the street to your elderly neighbor and you knock on the door and you check on her or he so that you, you want to make sure they're okay. And if they need something, you would do it. Why? You're giving per, with purpose. And so in the church, what Paul was hearing God tell him is a lot of times giving becomes this part of a service or it becomes something that everybody is chirping about and, and talking about and, you know, and there's no reality to it. There's a huge reality to it. And the reality is, is the purposes of God cannot get to its potential until the God's people understand with their spiritual eyes and spiritual mind and heart and give with purpose. And literally every single week, ask the Lord, God, what you want me to give. I do it all the time. Anytime I receive anything, God, is there anything you want me to do? Who do you want me to give this to? And, you know, a lot of times he says, yourself. I want to bless you. But there are many times he says, turn around and do this. But I'm going to show you why. Our greatest difficulty is we just cannot figure out in our head what our heart wants to do. We want to give, but we don't think we have enough. See, let me say it this way. You can do what you decide to do. So what are the two keys Paul gives to help their head to decide what their heart wants to do? 
Now, let me just tell you a goal. The goal is to get your head to match your heart. Okay? It's to get your head to match your heart. The goal is to realize giving is not a shocking, grudging obligation. Rather, it is something you live to do and always are excited <clears throat> excuse me, about giving and be committed to it. A believer who walks in faith in every area of their lives, they rise up in the morning to seek the face of God and to know his purpose and to do those things. You find that in the secret place. So Paul gives a church at Corinth these keys. Here's key number one. Understanding the living nature of money. Verse 6 says, But this I say, who, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. See, in the kingdom of God, it is sowing. Sowing brings alive the kingdom principle of reaping. There are a lot of people give but they don't reap. God wants you to reap from what you're giving. And if we don't give out of purpose, there's no purpose in the giving to expect what you will reap from. So Paul is saying, this is the nature of money. And if you don't understand it, you won't give it away. Now, Quite a while ago, a few months ago, um, even before last Christmas, I, I talked a little bit about uh, money, and I said there were three things you can do with money. Spend it, save it, or you can give it. So if you give money and just, just see it as it is now gone, you will never be able to give life that you want to expect. You will never be able to give like you should. See, to me, giving is not something I have to do. Giving is something I am. I am a giver. And now if I understand the purpose of giving, I will always give like I should. This is not something that we have to take lightly. When the Bible talks about giving money to the Lord, it says it's like seed. Luke 6.38, Give and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, it is not a static instrument in other words, that you give and then you just lose it, it's gone. See, in the kingdom of God, you're planting seed and there's always harvest. Giving is a living instrument that when you sow it, it comes back to you, good measure, pressed down and running over according to your standard of giving. According to your standard of giving. The Bible says, 
God loves a cheerful giver because he understands giving is not, not just losing or giving it away and, okay, I got this budget and I'll just give this, and I got $20 left, I'll give this away. Praise the Lord, I'm a giver. No, giving is sowing. It's alive when you give it to God. Here's the rhyme I gave you quite a few months ago. What you consume goes kaboom. Whatever you keep goes asleep. But what you give lives. The only living money you have is what you gave to God. It'll work for you. The key to meet your future needs is to plant your present seed. Some say, I'm on a fixed income. No such thing when you give to God's kingdom because it's seed that produces a harvest. Yeah, you might get the same amount of money every single month, but when you give with purpose as a seed, it will return back and you will receive abundance uh, a lot more than you gave. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, God is committed to providing seed. Watch this. Now, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. It's called cause and effect. Give and God gives you more seed. You know, I, I help people um, and pastors and different things and I talk to them about their offerings and all the different things. And I say, I want you to understand that you, you have to see your offerings and everything differently. You have to see what you give differently. See, God gives you seed. And I tell him every time that I give, I, in the back of my heart, my spirit, I'm saying, Lord, I'm waiting for you to give me more seed so that I can give it out. And it keeps coming back to me. Because I live, I'm a giver. And because I give with purpose, My money is alive and it produces after itself. Give to the Lord. Well, Proverbs 3 says this, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. In other words, give and you will overflow. Give to the Lord cause you will receive an abundance, which is the effect. It's not get rich quick either. The Bible talks about money when you give to God. The effect of it is God multiplies it back to you. Now, what does that have to do with COVID? When you give financially, seed comes back to you with purpose. Let me just give you a secret. God, and I'm saying this 
with all respect with many people who have lost their lives, but God doesn't give seed back to people who are not living. So when you are living your life in giving with purpose, that disease has no authority over you. Because why? There's a greater purpose of your life. Your life is not just sitting there and, you know, happenstance, a virus hits you and you get sick. What, what we must understand is that when you are giving, you are producing a culture of giving and receiving back seed. And so if you are a giver and you are continuing to do those things, then these things that come up, rise up, viruses, disease, cancer, all all the things you can name, they have no authority over you because the, the plan of God is to give you seed so that because you're a giver, you will give more. The Bible says, many are the plans of man, but it is the plans or purposes of God that will prevail. You got to see it. It's a culture shift. Malachi 3.10 says, bring all the tithe in the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke, here it is, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Cause and effect. God says, if you come to me and bring all the tithe to the storehouse, God will open the windows and pour out a blessing. Psalm 23 says, my Lord is my shepherd, my cup runs over. Follow me now. The day you understand the living nature of money, it will change the way you give. It will change the way you see life. When you put it in God's kingdom, it will not go kaboom or go to sleep. Your seed lives and produces harvest for your future. Here's the second key. Understanding the loving nature, the loving nature of God. In verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 9, it says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. The word able, about um, two months ago, I taught on this, the word able, is dunatos. It means powerfully capable. So Acts 1.8 says this, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The power is the same word, able. So God is powerfully capable to make all grace abound towards you and bless you when you give. All grace. Not just financial, it's physical, it's emotional, it's personal, it's relational, it's every area. 
And we're going to cover those areas. But church, I want to tell you, begin to rise up and to begin to rejoice and get out of this depressive state, thinking that this, this world is in chaos and, and, and no one's in control and, and whatever happens, happens and walking in fear. God doesn't depend on the economy or your boss at work, so don't fear anything. All grace, I just don't want one grace. I want all of them. See, the number one reason or problem of poverty is a broken family. I want the grace of a good family. Don't you? But, Pastor, you don't know what's going on. I want grace to just explode in your home and can bring the miraculous. See, because they got offended, they were looking, this offense as they were looking at all the stuff on the outside and, and making judgment based upon their flesh and not their spirit. They became offended and God could not do the miraculous. But let me tell you, when you rise up and you straighten out your shirt and you begin to walk in these things of giving, God is going to change things. There will be a culture shift in your life personally, in your marriage, in your home, with your children and your children's children. Solomon asked for wisdom. God gave him money to go along with it. See, I, I don't want the grace of money. I want all grace. But it begins by opening up your heart and being a giver. God is powerfully capable, capable of doing that. Malachi says, I will make you a delightful land that people will look at you and say you are blessed. In other words, I'm not talking about flattering you and patting you on the back. They will look and see, wow, I want what they have. Here's the point. People will want what you have. And in reality, what you really have is Jesus. Jesus loves you. Matthew 6, he knows every hair on your head. He takes care of the sparrows. So my question to you is this. Why are you worrying? Why are you allowing this chaotic mess that's going on in front of your eyes? True, it's happening, but the truth is is that when you understand giving in the kingdom of God, it will manifest the grace of God and it will be poured out on every area of your life. Church, you are not an orphan. You're not alone. See, an orphan spirit is an unhealthy need for things because of a lack of relationship. You don't lack with God. Let me look right here in the camera. You don't lack with God. You begin to walk in his purposes. 
and you will begin to see seed just dumped into your life so that you can continue to do that and be that giver. So be secure. God will never leave you. God bless you. I love you. Pastor Dan. Thank you, Pastor Gary. Awesome message. If you're watching this today and you are hearing something that is a little different than what you've heard before, or even what you thought about the Lord, about Jesus, even about what we call the kingdom of God, uh, it, and you're saying, I don't know this Jesus. This is, I've heard something a little different today. I'm hearing that God loves me, that God cares about me. He just doesn't care about me going to heaven, but he cares about my life here on the earth and about how I live, that he wants to bring me into a greater uh, level of increase and favor in my life. Well, if you've heard that message today, then you've heard our Jesus. You've heard all about the God who loves us. You know, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son into this earth. But did you hear that? That God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And he gave his son for you, for me, for all of us. And uh, it's to bring us into that place of a rich relationship with him. And so, yes, God cares about you. Yes, he knows your beginning and your end. He knows all about you. And, and the most wonderful thing about this is when Jesus hung on the cross, he paid for all of our sin. We've all missed the mark. We've all sinned. And, uh, but when he, we've all fallen short. But he on the cross paid the price so that we could know the Father and we could have the Spirit of God living with us, in us, leading us and guiding us through this earth. Think about that. If you could walk with Almighty God, the God who knows it all, that has infinite wisdom, wouldn't you want to walk with him? Any area of your life that concerns you, it concerns him. And how about being able to tap into his wisdom and his understanding, not just in biblical things, but in things that pertain to life. In fact, it tells us that in the word of God, that his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So he, can, he cares about where you are now. He cares about how you're living. He wants to add to it. He wants to bring you, you know, a lot of the desires that we have in our heart. Those good desires, those things, those dreams that we have within us, they're God dreams. They're things that God has placed within us. And so he wants, but it takes him to bring it to pass. So if you'd like to meet this Jesus today, it's so easy. Uh, it's as simple as saying, Lord, I believe that you are almighty God. I believe, Jesus, that you came to this earth. Uh, you took my place. You went to the cross. You shed your blood. You gave of your life. You established an everlasting covenant with the Father and opened the way for me to come to know Almighty God. And uh, it's just a matter of believing that and then just saying this, Jesus, take over my life. I'm asking you to take control of my life today. I believe that you are God. I believe that you did this for me. I believe that you love me. Here I am. Uh, 
take over my life. If you just, that simple of a prayer, uh, he will meet you right where you are, and your life will change right at that moment. You may not feel anything outwardly, but I can assure you, uh, because the Bible tells us so, that a change has taken place within your spirit, and you will see the coming weeks, months, and even years later, uh, the difference of of living that you will go through. Things that you used to, that may have been a hindrance to you in life, will just fall away and break off. And there'll be new desires uh, that he puts within you. And he'll bring a lot of the uh, the knittings together in your life and the purposes and the giftings that he's put within you. He'll bring them into fruition. And so if you'll allow me to pray for you today. Father, I thank you, Lord, for those watching today that have given their life over to you. Lord, bless them today. Fill them with your Holy Spirit fresh and new, Lord. Give them an understanding of the kingdom of God, Lord. uh, Give them a hunger to read the word of God. Lord, I ask you that you bring laborers to them, people that will mentor them, that will help them uh, in this new life. And so, Lord, we thank you for your hand of blessing upon each one, and we rejoice today. And uh, thank you for being with us today. I would encourage you to take your notes, and you can download those notes right on the website, to take your notes, go over what Pastor Gary has uh, taught us today, and uh, be prayerful as you're going over those notes with the Holy Spirit and allow him to begin to speak into your life. You know, the Lord wants to bring us, when we hear about giving, uh, sometimes we're, as Pastor said, we're a little standoffish with that. But you have to understand, God is wanting to bring all of us into a deeper, richer, fuller a walk with him and in this life to where we can really build the kingdom of God. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, as it says in Hebrews eleven six, and he will reward your life richly. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you next week.